Guys, that's the reason why we do what we do here at One Church. That wasn't an actor. Uh, that was a child here at One Church who gave his heart and his life to Jesus Christ. And uh, I just want to say just a huge thank you to all of our volunteers, all of our volunteers who wake up early every Sunday morning, get here, set stuff up, take care of babies, uh, teach children, uh, copy curriculum during the week, all of this stuff. This is the reason why we do what we do. Because all of us, there was a time where all of us didn't have a relationship with God. And somebody told us about Jesus. So I just want to say a huge kudos and a thank you to you and to God doing what only he can do, changing lives. So we're starting a new series entitled Eat This Book. Now, it sounds a little strange, a little weird, um, but I promise you it will make sense hopefully by the end of today. All right. For the next five weeks, we are going to be looking at the Bible. Now, some of you, you're here and you're like, yeah, I don't know if I believe the Bible. I don't know if I trust the Bible. Uh, is the Bible just like any other book? Uh, I've heard through a college professor or a high school teacher that the Bible has a lot of problems and holes and it doesn't even, you know, agree with itself. We're going to be talking about all of that. And we're going to be taking all of these pieces of what you think the Bible is and putting it together. And um, I am really looking forward to this series called Eat This Book. Now, if you have your Bibles with you today, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verse 1. Now, if you have a smartphone or anything like that, you can go to Version, download that, and hit the live events, and you can follow along with us. If you don't have a phone or a Bible, <laughs> by the way, we give away Bibles here. We don't give away phones. But we do give away Bibles here at the resource table. If you don't have that, uh, the this, this scripture is going to be on the screen. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read to you Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Now, here's the gig. I'm going to read this to you. I want you to read it as well. And after I get finished reading, you're going to do one or two things. You're either going to text me your insights, some, maybe some things that you've seen out of this passage. Hey, I never saw that before. Maybe something that stands out to you. There is no right or wrong answers. It's just things that you think, hey, that's interesting. Or if you don't want to text me, I'm going to have you guys take about 30 seconds and look to the person to your right or to your left and be able to interact with them. Hey, did you see this? Hey, I noticed this. This is where we're going. All right. So look at one thing that grabs your attention from these verses. Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 1, says this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and he became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. For the Scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Now the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and all of their glory. And, and he says this, I will give it all to you if you will just kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus said. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Now, what is something that stands out to you from these scriptures? All right, you're welcome to text it to me. Take the next 30 seconds. Talk to somebody next to you um, and, uh, and maybe tell them something that stands out. Discuss. Something that you noticed. By the way, you guys are a thousand times better than first service. I said discuss, and this is what I got out of them. I'm like, dear Lord. All right. Uh, here's one that I just got. Why is oh, um, a true devil also knows the scripture and will only use it to trick your mind to go against God? That's a good insight. All right. Uh, Satan knows the scripture. Pretty scary. Thank you, Tom. All right. See, when I got you in my phone, it's a little scary. All right. Uh, Jesus is in charge. He tells us what to do. That's a great insight. Really, really good. I like that. All right. Uh, Another one. Uh, Why is Jesus and the devil hanging out? That's a good question. All right. All right. All right. We'll talk about that. All right. Why would anyone try to test Jesus? All right. All right, really good. I got another one. Um, let's see. Uh, we are not to test the Lord. Uh, don't, people don't just live in, by food alone, but by the word of God. Um, another one, even the devil knows scripture. Got all, Jesus is like Rambo. Okay. Don't quite know how that fits in there, but thank you. Um, thank you very much. Um, if Satan is going to tempt... Oh, wow. Y'all are just... Slow down. Um, if Satan is going to tempt Jesus, uh, he will certainly tempt us. If we don't know the word, how can we stand our ground? Bam! Whoever just said that needs to come up here and preach. Because that's what we're talking about. All right? Now, here's some things that I, as I was reading this um, made me think of. Isn't it interesting that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted? Thinking, wow. I mean, that God is taking Jesus... I mean, how do, you, how do you resolve that theologically? I'm not going to resolve that for you, but just I want you to think through that. Uh, or maybe for you, uh, that Jesus, it says he fasted. Now, that's kind of a churchy word. It means instead of eating, he was praying. So all the time you would spend uh, cooking a meal, eating the meal, cleaning up after your meal, he spent all that time praying. So, and, and, and how long did he not eat? Okay, some of y'all hadn't eaten in four hours, and you're like, oh. We, hey, honey, let's go get the kids out of one-way street. Let's beat the Methodist to O'Charlie's. That's what you're thinking, okay? It's what you're thinking, all right? So, I mean, for, I mean, 40 days, that's a lot, right? Or maybe for you, it's like, what did the devil look like? I mean, was the devil actually there? I mean, and, and what does the devil look like? I mean, most people, when they think of the devil, think of what? Red, that's right. And what is he holding? pitchfork, right? And he has a little pointy tail and some horns, right? 
I, I don't know what the devil looks like. I can tell you he probably doesn't look like that. We're going to read some scripture today to maybe talk about maybe kind of what Satan looks like or the devil looks like. For you, it may be, okay, uh, and this is kind of my question, Jesus is God. All right, And the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way like we are tempted, yet he did not sin. Now, here's the, here's the difference between Jesus and me and Jesus and you. As many times when I'm tempted, I say, let's do it. Right? And see, there's nothing wrong with temptation because everybody's tempted. What's wrong is when we give in to temptation. So here's the question. Was Jesus ever thinking, hmm, I think I do want to eat some bread? I mean, was he really tempted? I mean, he is God. And that's just, that's a question I wrestle with, all right? Now, here's the thing. The thing, and this is the reason why we're talking about eat this book, is because, here's the kicker on this one. Jesus, every time the devil tempted him, Jesus did what? Thank you. He used the Bible. He used Scripture. How, I mean, how Jesus responded to temptation is he, in each three of those situations, he used the Bible. So today we're starting this series, and I'm just going to be, I'm going to show you all of my cards, and my goal for the next five weeks is to get you to read it. Because so many times we have went to college, we went to a high school, and a professor or a teacher said, you know what, this is a dumb, idiotic book. I remember being in Austin Peay State University, and I had a professor ask all the Christians to stand up, and he said this, if you are a Christian, stand up. So I stood up, and he says, if you believe the Bible, you're stupid and you're a fool. After that, I wanted to punch him in the mouth. I didn't because it wouldn't have been loving, all right? But here's the thing. Uh, So many times we've had people who are smarter than us, who have more degrees than us, and they say, you know what, it can't be trusted. There's problems with it. It's not historical. In fact, that's what we're going to be talking about next week. I am so excited about it. Because so many times we think, you know, and, and we've never read it for ourselves. So I'm just, my goal is instead of you listening to a professor that... preached to you an agenda 12 years ago, how about read it for yourself? Just an idea, all right? So, but here's the thing. Do you know that 93% of all Americans own a Bible? In fact, let me just see. How many of y'all have a Bible at home? Let me see your hands. All right, cool, all right? That's most of us, if not all of us in here. Now, here's very interesting, that the average number of Bibles per household is three. The average number of Bibles a household is three, and 27% of Americans have at least four or more. I mean, if you've got a four-bedroom house, you could put a Bible in every room. And isn't it amazing that we still don't read it? It's kind of crazy, isn't it? In fact, what are we supposed to do with this book? Are we supposed to read it? Are we supposed to meditate on it? Are we supposed to look at it? Um, should we memorize it? I mean, what are we supposed to do with this book? That is a huge question, and Jesus, in this scenario, gives us an example of what we're supposed to do with it. Our big idea today is simply this. In order, in order to grow as Christians, the Bible must become a crucial part of who we are. Now, I know some of you are like, that's kind of simple, don't you think? Again, it is. But don't you think sometimes the most simple things in life are the things that are most powerful? Because I have, I, I remember one time, uh, somebody at one church about two years ago, and we were kind of doing a, a similar series of this, and, she, and he says, you know what, Chris, where's the deeper teaching in all of this? You know, I want deep, all right? And usually what deep means is give me a lot of Greek, Hebrew, and stuff that I can't understand, so I ain't got to obey it. That's usually what that means, all right? And, 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 and he says, you know what, I don't, I mean, yeah, you need to read the Bible. And I remember asking him, well, have you read the Bible? 
Do you read the Bible regularly? No. All right, then. Then let's, you know, you got to start at step one. And see, for so many of us, and I have been there because I've, again, I am just like you. I have, there's, I've used excuses. I can't understand it. I can't read it. I'm not that smart. I don't, you know, at the time, I, I remember before I had degrees, I, I, I used that excuse. I ain't got a degree. You know, only a professional, only a priest, only a preacher could understand this. And I, you need to know all of those are just absolute lies. They're absolute bunk. It's bunk. And that's a Greek word, B-U-N-K. All right? So let's look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, and let's see how Jesus responded to the devil. This is what it says. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted. And again, I use that word. That just means he didn't eat, he prayed. And he became, do you think? Very hungry. All right? He became, and not just hungry, but hungry. Y'all know, y'all know the difference, don't you? Hope you do. All right. Now, look at this. During the time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, let me just stop right here by saying, you know, one of the biggest things Satan does, the devil does to us and for us is he brings doubt. He did it in the very first book of the Bible in chapter 3. Of Genesis, he doubted. He tried to plant a seed of doubt and like, yeah, he didn't quite say that. And he's doing the same thing. If you are the son of God, Satan knew Jesus was the son of God and is the son of God, but he always plants doubt. And some of you know that because right now you're doubting. And you need to know this. There's nothing wrong with doubting. That, that's not sinning. I, I, there have been times in my life where I have doubted. And there are times in my life, I, sometimes I scratch my head and I still sometimes doubt. And I'm a preacher. What do you do with those doubts? Where do you take those doubts? Who can you talk to about that? That's a huge issue. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we do a lot of the things that we do here at One Church is we want to create a conversation. But Satan is trying to bring doubt into this situation. He says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. The devil says, hey, you got the power. Use it. Right? I got the power. You got the power. Use your power. Some of you are going, please stop singing. Okay. I mean, think about this. And I imagine that while Satan is sitting there tempting him, take these stones, turn them into bread, he's probably making some smell of fresh baked bread. How many of y'all bake bread? How come I ain't got none? That's all I'm saying. What's better than the smell of fresh baked bread? And I saw the heaven open. <laughs> Eating it. That's exactly right, right? I mean, fresh bread that's hot. You just put a little bit of butter or honey on it. Oh, my gosh, right? Amazing, okay? Now, here, here's the thing about this. Now, what's so amazing about this is, you know, you and I are not going to be tempted to take stones and turn them into bread. You don't have that power, and guess what? I don't have that power. But let me tell you where we fit into this temptation that Jesus uh, was tempted with. Because Jesus had not eaten anything in 40 days and he was very hungry. That's exactly right. He was hungry. He was weak. He was weak. How many of y'all in here ever felt weak? All right, I have. And let me tell you, some of us, it, it, we, we have weakness when it comes to food. Either we overeat or we purge. And see, it doesn't matter if you're big or small. A lot of people struggle with food. 
for you, it may not be food, it may be alcohol. And the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not drink alcohol, but it does say a lot about drinking in excess and getting drunk. And every time you drink, you drink to get drunk. The Bible is very clear about that, that that controls you. All right, that's a struggle. That's a weakness for others of you. uh, Maybe you struggle when it comes to relationships um, uh, and you just long and crave for people's approval. Others, it may be success or others. Your weakness is money and stuff and you just like spending money. That's when you feel like you're the most in control of your future. Others of you, it may be sex and lust and you have a sex drive that is an overdrive. And and you look everywhere else in all of these unhealthy situations to be able to satisfy that craving and that hunger. All of us have a weakness. The question is, and this is where the devil was going with Satan, is, and this is it. We all face all of those weaknesses, and Satan whispers to us, that's what you need to do. You need to buy it. You need to conquer her. You need to go into that relationship. And, And we get sidetracked, and he whispers, that's what you when really what we need, what we need is to get into the Bible. Because the Bible, in here, we find the weapons to be able to stand strong. Look at how Jesus says in verse 4. But Jesus told him, no. The, what does it say? The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every uh, word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus calls the Bible Bread. Jesus calls the Bible food, all right? Now, let me just ask you a quick question. Um, how many of y'all like eating at, at three meals a day? All right, that should be most of us, right? You, sir, evidently not. I understand that. Some people don't, all right? Here's the thing. I am working out, trying to lose weight right now, and my trainer says, you don't eat enough. I'm like, excuse me? Because I usually don't eat breakfast, and a lot of times I don't eat lunch. And he says, there's your problem. And I'm like, what problem? I'm trying to lose weight, right? And he says, oh, you need to eat smaller portions about five times a day. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Um, Because he looks a lot different than I do, right? So I'm trusting, all right? So anyway, but here's the thing about this. What if... What, how healthy do you think your physical body would be if you, if you ate one meal a week? You would not be healthy at all, correct? Because, now what, now what if it was a big meal? See, what if it was Thanksgiving meal? You're still, you're still shaking your head. You're right. Why? Because it's not enough. It is not enough. To eat one meal a week and physically you would be strong. Let me tell you what the Bible says. He calls this bread and he calls something inside of us our inner person. And when we eat, when we read the Bible, it feeds us. Now here's what a lot of Christians do. They come to church on Sunday mornings. They get fed the word of God. And then they don't ever read the word of God for the rest of the week. And they wonder, I'm not growing. And they usually say something like this. That preacher, he's kind of funny. He's, you know, but it just ain't doing it for me. No, no, no. You see, it's not my responsibility for you to grow. You have to take responsibility for that, and you have to get into God's Word daily. So this this series, we want to give you the tools so that you can do that. We want to help you feed yourself so that you can start reading every day so that your insides can look like your outsides, buff, strong, and healthy, all right? Huge, huge, huge principle. It's not enough just to listen to somebody speak about this. You have to get into it 
for yourself. This Bible is scandalous. In fact, let me tell you, uh, say it this way. Back in the 2000, uh, I think it was 2008 Olympics that happened in uh, China, there was this huge huge issue that was going on that the Chinese, I mean, a lot of people were having some issues because the people were bringing their Bibles to the games. And by the way, in China, it's illegal to have Bibles. It's a communist government. They do have some churches there, but if they're not under the national purview of uh, the Republic of China, uh, they are illegal. And people still to this day get killed in China because of their faith. Now think through that. They get killed in China because they have a book of that you have maybe two, three, or four. In fact, let me show you this book. This is a, a Bible, but this is the cover. This book is illegal. In 52 countries, restricted nations, 38 countries, and hostile areas, 14. Uh, over in the Middle East, especially in a lot of Muslim countries, Christians are getting killed today because they own a Bible. There are still countries all over the world that this has not been translated into their native language and they can't understand it. And I got 16 of them. How many do you have? Or even more importantly, do you read the three that you got? That's huge. It's huge. Now, some of you are like, it's just too hard to read. Okay, time out. All right. It's hard. Seriously. It's hard. I mean, there's a lot of things in life that's hard. Reading the Bible probably ain't one of them. Let me tell you what's hard is not following this book, living 20, 30 years, allowing your kids to grow up without God, them rebelling from God. That's difficult. Uh, you, some of you are like, well, I don't know if I've trusted or believe it. When has believing something ever been a criteria for you reading something? How many of y'all ever read anything off the Internet? <laughs> I, I just heard Elvis ain't dead. Just read it on the Internet. See, we read all kinds of stuff that, you know, truth is not the premise. And by the way, if you struggle with, can we really trust this? You need to show up next week. You need to bring a friend next week because that's what we're tackling. We're not even opening the Bible next week because we're talking about the Bible as a whole and can it be trusted? It's going to be huge. It's going to rock your world. All right. Now, very, very, this Bible, let me show you this one. This is a really special Bible. And when I open it up, this Bible has all kinds of stuff written underneath it. In fact, uh, this Bible, um, there's a, a sheet of paper in here of the person who owns this Bible. His name is Dino. And uh, Dino, in this piece of paper, um, I'm going to read you some of the names. He, these are names that he wrote down. And it says, PRC, Prayed to Receive Christ. And Dino shared his faith with Nick Lesser. And Nick prayed to receive Christ. Um, prayed to receive Christ, Jeremy Beals. Prayed to receive Christ, Max Cherobel uh, in a bookstore. Um, prayed to receive Christ, Don Binko on a plane going towards Moscow. Prayed to receive Christ. He was from Michigan. The fellow who's this Bible, I want to show you a picture of him. Dino has been a part of one church. He wasn't here for the very first service that we started four years ago, but he was here the second service. He's the dude in the one church shirt in the gray on the bottom left hand. Dino passed away this past Thursday. He's a pastor. He's a minister. He has his own ministry called College to World Missions. And Dino made it a point to read his Bible every day. He was... Um, he was life-flighted to Vanderbilt, not last Thursday, but the Thursday before last. And what he spent his time doing that 
that Thursday morning before he rode his bike to the campus of Austin P to help college students move in is he opened up his Bible and he read it. So what's your excuse? By the way, I know some of you, you're going to want to know this. His funeral is this Tuesday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Actually, it's at 2.07. And um, it's going to be at Neil Tarpley Funeral Home. And he, the family would love for you to attend if you can. Dino had a huge impact on a lot of different lives. And the reason why he did is because he spent a lot of time reading God's word and then telling other people about the Jesus that he found in the scriptures. God's word can become a part of you. Look at verse Psalm 119, verse 11. This is why Jesus, this is what happened with Jesus. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. You see, Jesus, he quoted the Bible to the devil. And what's so interesting about that? You want to know what book Jesus quoted? All three of these temptations, he quotes from one book, and it's the book Deuteronomy. Some of you, most of us can't even spell it. In fact, if I had to ask the question, if your spiritual life was a success or a failure, depending upon your knowledge of Deuteronomy, what would it be? Most of us, F, right? I mean, we can't even spell it. Where is it even in the Bible? But Jesus, because he had spent so much time in God's word, he didn't have an iPhone to pull it up or anything like that. He had spent so much time in God's word, it just was naturally a part of him. That is a huge, huge thing. Man, that's interesting. Let's go ahead and read verse 5 and 6. All right. How did Jesus respond to this temptation? He quotes God's word. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you're the son of God, again, you hear the doubt in there. If you're the son of God, then jump off. And then the devil quotes the Bible to Jesus. That's kind of jacked up, ain't it? For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. That's interesting. Jesus is somehow transported to the top of this temple. I don't know if it's like transporter, like Star Trek. I don't know. And Satan was pretty slick about this. Now, again, you and I are different than Jesus. Nobody's ever going to probably make me go to the top of the temple and say, jump. You know, that's not a temptation for me. But let me tell you where the temptation is for you and I in this. Many of us, many of us, we tempt God by making or trying to force God's hand into something that he had no hand in in the first place. Let me explain it a little bit more like this. Many times we just, we make a plan and we don't pray whether or not we should do the plan. We just say, we're going to do the plan. And by the way, God, fix it if everything breaks. Right? I mean, honestly, that's what so many of us do. We come up with a plan, what we want, what we need. We pull the trigger and we expect God, if things go south, you fix it. And that's what so many times, that's what many couples do in their finances. They get crazy with credit cards. They got 21, 22% interest. They're trying to make the minimum payments on all. And it's not working. And then they bring God into the equation. And God, you fix it. And I wonder if God's going, you know what? I I would love to fix it. You should have called on me five years ago. Because this is your mess and you want me to come clean it up. God is not your genie in the bottle. He's not your genie in the bottle. He will come and he will fix things. But it's a whole lot easier when we allow him in there. And there's some things, there's, this is a principle in the Bible, there's some things, there's just the law of consequences. That things have just gone too far and too fast for too long. And you know what? It, 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 you, that's just, that's your deal. 
So many times we have a tendency to dream the, or, or what about this? It's, I've, so many times I've talked to a, a single person and said, you know what? I like him. I like her. She's not a Christian. And my question is always, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Then what in the world are you doing? Because the Bible is very clear that Christians are to only date, only marry non Excuse me. Christians. Somebody yell at me, please. All right. Christians are to only date, only marry other Christians. That's what the Bible says. But, but, but you need to know he looks good in those jeans. Okay. He may look good in those jeans. But in 50 years, when you're miserable and he's sagging, right? So it will happen to everybody. All right? It ain't going to be that good. And then that's when we say, oh, God, come in and fix it. And God's like, no, 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 no. You should have obeyed me the first time. That is huge. We just do what we want to do, and we assume God's going to fix it up. That is a problem. All right? Now look at how Jesus responds. Verse 7. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Don't do stuff expecting God to bail you out. It's like, you know, a couple of people who are smoking dope in a car and uh, teenagers, and they're like, you know what? What if we get caught? Don't worry. My dad is a lawyer. He works for, you know, the, the city. He'll get us out. He's, he's presuming, he's trying to put his dad in a spot where his dad is going to be forced to act, and that is never what we are to do with God. Now, look at this. Third scenario. This is the third temptation. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. The devil says, I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. So the devil gives some kind of vision, all the, all the kingdoms of this world. I'm thinking maybe all the kingdoms it's ever been. And he says, you know what, all of this you, all of this is, it can be yours. Only thing you have to do is worship me. Now here's where this temptation affects you and I. I you know, you're probably not going to be tempted to kneel down and worship Satan this week. Probably not. But here's where the real temptation lies for you and me is... We, it's not so much bowing down to Satan, but bowing down to, and serving any other thing except God. Any other thing except God. Because if you think about it, usually where we spend most of our time serving is, and here's jobs, all right, it's work. If I could just get that next promotion, if I could just get that next raise, everything would be okay. And you start spending all your time, 6 and 30 in the morning to 6.30 in the evening at work. And there's something wrong there because you're serving, you're worshiping something else besides God. Or what about relationships? For some of you, you just want to be liked so much that you have placed other people in the place where only God should be in your life. And you, you long to, to get their approval uh, for some of you, it may be a dating relationship, and you just put that, 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 that girl, that guy up on that pedestal, and you worship them. For ladies, and guys can deal with this some, but it's, it could be your children. Man, you just want your kids to be happy. And it's almost like you will do anything for your kids. You worship your kids. And God's saying, you know what? I, your kids need to be important, but I need to be first. You see, that's the temptation. It's not really so much to worship Satan. It's to worship anything else but God. And all of us have struggled with that. So as we, kinda, as we wrap this up today, what does it mean to eat this book? I mean, really? I mean, that doesn't look too appetizing for me. <laughs> uh, what does it mean to eat this book? Well, you know, think about it this way. What you eat 
will become a part of you. In fact, how many of y'all have ever heard the saying, you are what you, all right? What did you eat last night? Hot dog. Mmm. I ate at Cheddar's because God loves me. All right? Now, here's the thing about this, guys. Whatever you ate last night, it is a part of you. And some of you are like, you know what? Okay, I just can't read the Bible. I can't memorize it. I used to use that excuse all the time. I just, I can't memorize it. Let me tell you, what you are in, it will become a part of you. Let me, let me give you an example. I'm going to quote you something. You tell me where it's from. Luke, I'm your father. Star Wars. Now, some of you real geeks out there, which one? Thank you. Okay, we're the, Josh, you and I are the only geeks in here. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, okay, what about this one? Um, uh, it's just a goof, man. Or you, and they didn't get that first off. What about this? Hey, Flo, it feels good to lingle with these laid-back country folk. What's that from? <laughs> That's right, right? I feel a connection. All right? All right? Um, or what about, you had me at hello? Right? All right, now here's the thing. Have you taken the script to Jerry Maguire and memorized it? No. But let me tell you what I have done and what you have done is when we watch something long enough, you know what it happens? It becomes a part of us. You see, maybe the reason why I ain't preaching to you, this may be your issue, maybe the reason why I struggle sometimes to quote the Bible and like to tell the Bible back is because I haven't spent enough time in this. Maybe that may not sting to any of you. It may sting to me. You see... What we eat will become a part of us. So what are you eating? And I'm not talking food. What are you reading? What are you listening to? That's huge. So uh, here's what I want us to do. I, and this is, I, I, this is a few verses. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, when, I, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. Can that be said to you about the Bible? Give you another one. He said to me, take it and eat it. And I took the scroll from the angel's hand and I ate it. Another one. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You see, it's about getting this inside of us. And that's going to take you going to church more than once a week. In fact, it has nothing to do with church. It has to do with every day you getting in it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to issue you a challenge. All right? As you leave... You're going to be getting this piece of paper and it says new through 30 reading plan. I am challenging every one of you. How many? Every one of you for the next 30 days to read through the entire New Testament. Now, I know some of you are like, it's hard. All right. You know, put on your big girl panties and let's get to town. Okay. For some of you, it's like, well, I can't understand it. We give away Bibles here. We spend thousands of dollars every year so that we can give you a Bible. There's an excuse off the table. Throw it out there. All right? Well, I, I, I can't understand it. Well, let me tell you, in, in, in like five minutes, as soon as I be quiet, and when I'm quiet, we're going to do something. Everybody's going to leave, and we're doing a starting point orientation that if you go out and you take a right, we're going to give you the tools so that you can be able to understand how to read the Bible. I mean, we can't read it for you, but we're going to really try to help you. 
right? So I'm challenging you to read through the New Testament in 30 days. Some of you have never, ever read through the New Testament, and this is going to be a challenge. You can do it. All right, what movie is that from? Don't say that. All right, I'm telling you, you can do this, guys. I am doing it. I started today, and I'm asking you to start today. Now, you, you can go to your iPad or iPhone or Android or Crackberry or anything like that, and you can go to version and you can click on New Through 30, and you can do it through your version. If you don't have a phone, grab a piece of paper. But let's do this together, right? I mean, you've spent all this time where your professor saying, you know what, you can't trust it. Have you ever read it for yourself? Let me tell you how this is going to work. Today is 9-4, and it says Grace Day. And what that means is you don't have to read anything. You're off the hook today, all right? Now, tomorrow, you're going to start Matthew 1-1. And about every four or five days, you're going to see Grace Day. And let me tell you what that means. It just means that if you get behind in your reading, don't just give up. Say, I'm done with it, right? No, no, that's when you can say, on a grace day, I'm going to catch up. So take that piece of paper, and you and me, let's read the Bible together, because I promise you, it will change your life. It will. How how long does it take to to create a habit? 21 days. How long are you going to be reading for? 30. So let's do this together. Let's do this together. Now, last, last verse. Um... The devil went away, and the angels came and took care of Jesus. And let's talk about this as we close. Satan. What does Satan look like? Let me tell you, he, he's not a big dude with a red thing with a pitchfork. In fact, this is what 2 Corinthians eleven four says about Satan. Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Satan is beautiful. You know, if, if, if you always see on the cartoons, you have the angel on one side and the dude with the red jumpsuit on the other. He's never like that. If, if that happens to you... You need to stop doing drugs. <laughs> Throwing that out there. All right? All right? What, 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 let me give you another one. First Peter 5.8. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to say, Hey, buddy. What? Someone to what? Devour. Let me say it this way. You will either eat this or you will be eaten. It's that simple. Last verse. James 4.7. Resist the devil... And he will flee from you. How do we resist him? You've got to get this in you. So, how many of y'all are going to do the new through 30 challenge plan with me? Come on now. All right, that's right. Some of you are going, should I raise my hand? I will totally use guilt in this. Totally. Because <laughs> here's the thing, guys. I know if you start, it will change your life. It's changed mine. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much, Lord, that we can see something, um, Lord, that we can see how Jesus, what he did when he experienced temptation. When sin came knocking at the door and crouching at the door, what did he do? And even though he had all the power and he was very God, he didn't just rely on his power. He, he had spent time in this Bible, in this book, and he resisted his enemy by using the words of this book that he made a part of himself. And God, I pray that is exactly what will happen to all of us. Lord, that we just won't take a piece of paper and raise our hand and say, yeah, I'll try it. That we will say, okay, 30 days, I can do this. 30 days, I can read through this. 30 days. 
And Lord, I pray that we would have the courage and the strength that even may when some of us get behind, that we would say, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. Lord, we thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.